an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It's got great odds and markets for Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. And of course, boxing, which is why you're listening to this. It is awesome with new and existing user promotions. It is America's number one sportsbook. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay, and you can discover the most popular SGPs each day right when you log in. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so that they know that I sent you. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, well, I love shows where I'm going to fight. And I feel like I'm going to fight on this show. Two of my favorite guys to fight with in the boxing space are Akin Barak, the co-host of the DAZN Boxing Show. You can see that every weekday over at DAZN on the app, D-A-Z-N dot com as well. Fellas, I feel like we're going to get into it today. What do you think? Are we going to we gonna go back and forth a little bit here? I don't know, because I saw how excited you were at the Barclays Center from uh, Javante Davis's performances, so maybe we won't <laughs> fight so much. <laughs> I don't know. I was, Do you like to lose? If you like to lose, let's go. <laughs> oh wow! See, you guys, you guys are like oh for eternity against me in these types yeah, okay. of fights. But we'll, okay, uh, we'll can, we'll we'll carry on. We'll carry on. Um, that's that's delusional. That's delusional. Like Roley after the fight, he needs a rematch. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about Roley Romero after that fight. That was bizarre as well. Um, we I do want to talk about Javante Davis, who uh, defended his secondary title at 135 uh, over the weekend, knocking out Roley Romero uh, in the sixth round. And Ak, let's start there. Um, just your overall thoughts on Javante's performance. Well, 
I mean, going into that fight, I, I expected Javante to knock Roley out at some point throughout that fight. I think in the first couple of rounds, Roley made it a little more uncomfortable than I expected. I, I felt that Javante will kind of take control right away. But then after I, you know, after watching the first round, I, I understood where he had to take his time. So overall, it's what I expected. Dramatic ending. Uh, Javante Davis, regardless of, of the level of opponent that you think Roley is, he's still holding up to his end of the bargain and being a knockout artist. And he took care of business. Phenomenal performance, but I do understand the folks that say, but who is Roley? He was a threat, a guy that can punch, and he got and he got knocked out. Brock, what'd you think? Um, I think we've seen an experienced guy who who went in there and threw over 100 punches that only landed 22 punches, 19%, and he got knocked out. You know, I, I don't, people are giving him a little bit more credit than he probably deserves. Um, I give him credit only because he went in there and actually tried to execute, and he wasn't scared of Javante Davis's power. But other than that, no, you landed 3.6 punches per round average on average. I mean, what kind of fight is that? You know, so I just think Javante just uh, didn't go anywhere. It was, he stayed plat. He was a plateau because this fight has nothing to do with improving his career. But it was just for bragging rights with somebody who talked his way into a fight. So, Barack, I take it you don't uh, believe that Rolando Romero is the number two uh, lightweight in the world. No, no one believes that. Stop. No, no one believes. No one believes that except his promoter, which his promoter should believe he's the number two. No, you know why? Because his promoter that. has the number one guy in his mind. You understand what I'm saying? So, no, of course, Roley is not the number two guy. That's just you know that's him promoting. That's making sure that Roley stays relevant. Him saying he, that he doesn't believe that Leonard doesn't believe. Well, I mean, Leonard might believe that. Like, Leonard says some wackadoo things sometimes, and I'm not sure what he believes, Ock. I th think he, you know, I, I think he, like, he's, you know, look, Roley clearly has some power. Like, I'll give him that. Um, I don't know. But uh, he has power, but, I mean. He's got a little pop. I mean. He didn't knock out Mourinho's. He didn't knock out Javante Davis. So he knocked out lesser tier guys. A lot of guys show power with lesser tier guys, like, like, like um, Triple G showed a whole lot of power. Yeah. He does have power. His, his punches hurt. But when he got to a certain level, he wasn't knocking guys out anymore. You know, so at well, that no, championship well, yeah. level, maybe Romero is not knocking guys out. We don't know. I, I'm, I, I Believe me, I'm not defending Roley Romero. I'm, I'm pointing out, like, he wasn't, I guess, the stumble bum that a lot of people thought he was going to be coming into that fight. He lasted, well, whatever. I mean, look, it's, I don't think it's a quality win either. Um, but, like, Ak, did Gervonta show you anything you haven't seen before? Because, I, I look, I thought he did a nice job being patient. Um, you know, he set some traps there throughout the course of the fight and finally got Roley to kind of lunge in at an opportune moment, and uh, he, he landed that shot. Yeah, I mean, that's what great fighters do, like great boxers, so to speak. Uh, they have to make adjustments. And he, he showed me what he's shown me for, for the last few years, that he's one of the best fighters in the world, which is why he's still on our pound for pound list. Uh, here uh, we go. Look, uh, when you, he executed the perfect shot, he timed it, but earlier on, look, regardless of what he said about Roley not being awkward, he is awkward to some degree, but inexperienced, the Barrage point, very inexperienced. So once Tech saw that he's going to make some defensive mistakes, he executed, and that's what a good boxer does. He didn't get into a firefight with him. I expected Tank to do what he did. I'm not surprised, I'm not, like, I'm not so thrilled about the performance because he's supposed to do that.
Brock, did he show you anything you haven't seen before? No, no, not at all. I already knew that he can box. You know, um, I already knew that he had speed, power, footwork, and all of that stuff. And he, he's more so of a boxer than anything. It's just that he happens to have explosiveness. He happens to be faster than most of the fighters he get in there with. So, no, he didn't show anything. And then when you got a guy who's throwing shots as wide as Roley, nah. But he did show that he can take a shot from a really big guy. You know, um, he took a couple of shots. It seems like every time Roley would catch him flush, he would leave a mark. That's how hard the kid probably punches. So he said he showed that he could take a shot um, and, and not get flustered, but stay with the game plan and execute what he wanted to do. And, and Chris, you know, going into this fight, if you don't, I'm not sure if you remember, but on social media and during interviews, Tank said it. You know, he made it seem as if I know this guy doesn't belong in the ring with him. He, he when he was going throwing shots at Mayweather the promotions, he was saying, "Hey, they're making me fight, fight this clown because this is my last fight on the contract." Mm. In other words. We, I know he doesn't belong in the ring with me. I know that I'm levels above him, but you know what? I'm going to knock this guy out, you know, for bragging rights, like Barack said earlier. So it's not like Javante was going into this fight. Oh, I'm going to fight such an amazing fighter, and I'm going to prove to the world that I'm, uh, you know, this great. He knew that he was fighting a guy that was less experienced than him, and he would knock him out. So credit to Javante for, you know, kind of the way Loma felt. And this might not be the best comparison, but when Loma fought Rigandau, he said, listen, man, this guy's a smaller guy. Don't give me all the credit in the world. I knew I was going to be too big for him. So in this case, I knew Tank is like, I knew I was going to be too experienced for this guy. So don't, don't give me all the praise in the world. So I, I like Tank for that. All right. So let's talk about what will get Tank credit, what will get him that respect. I mean, like you guys, I sat at that press conference on Saturday and I listened to Leonard Ellaby. Now, I've known Leonard for 20 years. I actually like Leonard uh, personally, and he has done a fantastic job helping to build Davis into this box office star. I mean, I walked right up to Leonard after the press conference and told him he killed it. But when it comes to Tank's place among the elite in boxing, Leonard just lives in an alternative universe. Like, to our points, uh, Roly Romero is not a quality win. A quality win cannot come against a guy you are a minus 1,000 favorite against. It just can't. And Leonard sat there, as we said, look, and said Roley was the second best lightweight in the division. When he said that, I just wanted to pull my hair out. I mean, in no particular order, Vasily Lomachenko, Devin Haney, and George Cambosis are better than Roley Romero. That's just off the top of my head right now. Romero does not have a single quality win on his resume. To your point, Barack, he was he should have another loss. I mean, Jackson Marinez beat him yeah. a couple of years ago. Marinez was robbed by the judges. And in boxing, you are what your resume says you are. And Romero does not have the resume to be called an elite fighter. Maybe he'll develop it, but he doesn't have it yet. Now, one thing I want to get to here. Leonard believes he knows more about the business of boxing than I do. And I'm sure he does. But let me just say this. In the 1980s and 90s, boxing, it rivaled like the NFL and NBA for attention. Today, boxing generally draws viewership numbers comparable to MLS and lacrosse. Like, that's just where it is right yeah. now with some of these numbers. In 1981, and I was looking this up, Sugar Ray Leonard fought Tommy Hearns on a Wednesday. He fought him on a Wednesday night in 1981. Today, <laughs> boxing events... They start, guys, at these ungodly hours on a Saturday in order to avoid competing with anything but infomercials. 
that were out there. The point is, you cannot be a power broker. And I'm directing this at all promoters, by the way, not just Leonard. But you cannot be a power broker in this sport and hold the haughty position that you know exactly what you're doing. Because this sport, which I love, which you guys love, has been in a state of steady decline for decades now. And these promoters have played a role in it. Now, let me finish here. Back to Tank. Tank, to me, has to decide what he wants to be. Does he want to be an attraction or does he want to be a fighter? He can continue down this path, don't get me wrong, of beating up on whatever overmatched opponents PBC can dig up. Maybe it's Chris Colbert. Maybe it's Gary Russell Jr. Maybe he can revive Richard Comey from somewhere. I don't know. But, and he can make a lot of money doing it. I mean, t domestically, Tank is a bigger draw than anyone but Canelo, I think, domestically. Globally, I'd only put AJ and maybe Tyson Fury now ahead of him. Tank is that big. And if that's the road you want to go down, fine. No problem. Yeah. But you cannot do that and then declare yourself the face of boxing. Tank is going to be 28 years old uh, this fall. Yeah. He has one quality well, win. That was five years ago. I'm almost wrapped here. Five years ago. And that was against <laughs> Jose Pedraza. I'm just on a roll now. Uh, Devin, Devin Haney is 23 years old. We're going to talk about Devin in a bit. Yeah. He's going to Australia to fight George Cambosis for the undisputed lightweight championship. That's mm -hmm. a fight Tank could have had if he wanted it. But from what I was told, Team Cambosis, uh, from Team Cambosis, he showed no substantive interest in it. That's a legacy fight, and he didn't really want it. That's why I have been saying, guys, and writing and now podcasting about it, that Tank needs Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia is undefeated. He has exactly as many quality wins as Tank Davis does. If Tank or if Ryan beats Javier Fortuna in July, he will be available for a fight. Tank, to me, needs to aggressively pursue that fight. He needs to tell his team that a Garcia fight is the only fight he wants before the end of the year. Period. Full stop. So, Ak, we'll start with you. I mean, how much of that do you buy into? Um, and do you believe that Tank needs Ryan as much as Ryan needs Tank? Well, I mean, a lot to cover there, Chris. You touched on a lot of things, so I'm going to try to touch on a few of them first. <laughs> first off, I was on a roll, man. I was just rolling right there. <laughs> not bad, as not far, bad. As far as Cambosa's team saying that, they, that Tank and his team didn't show any interest in that fight, I mean, I would need proof of that. Uh, Tank has shown interest in fighting the winner. But Tank wasn't going – Tank, Tank wasn't going to Australia. You no, know he wasn't going to Australia. I, I, yes, but I'm saying – I, I'm not, I don't know if I believe everything that uh, George Cambosis' team says anyway. With that being said, you know, Devin Haney and his father, they took a different route into this professional game, uh, a lot of freedom. Uh, they, they, created a, they created a good relationship with Eddie where even though he has invested in them, he gave him his blessings to, to go on and move forward. Tech chose a different route, attaching himself to Floyd, which helped him in his uh, uh, climb to the top of first, as far as notoriety and all of that. So I, I think they took two different paths. Now, Tank has been, as you know, has been very vocal about wanting all of those fights. And maybe it took this scare, maybe, you know, because I'm getting mixed signals. I don't know if he's with, well, maybe with a promotion or, or he's not. But maybe those statements scared those guys enough to say, okay, let's give Tank the fights that he wants now because he, he has the opportunity to walk away from maybe the promotion. And to your point, Chris, he is a major draw. And I've seen it firsthand in different major cities in America. This guy can sell. Doesn't necessarily mean, doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna sell tons of pay-per-view because for Tex, 
events, it's a little different. It's more so people want to come out. They want to wear their finest jewelry. They want to wear their finest clothes. It's like going to a club, going to a party. They need to be in the building. It doesn't mean that he's going to sell a million pay-per-views, but there's a lot to be said in setting the record at the Barclays Center in the biggest gate for a boxing event and attendance. So I don't think he needs a, a, a Ryan because there are other big lightweights out, out there. Like, for instance, the win of Cambosis uh, and, and, um, and Devin. He's already said that he would love to fight the, fight the win of that. That's a huge fight. Now, if you're talking about popularity contests, something that, uh, I guess, transcends boxing, part of pop culture, yes. Uh, uh, Tank Davis and, and, and uh, Ryan Garcia is the biggest fight to be made in boxing. And I know I say it a lot because we, we're right ahead of the uh, uh, Spence Crawford fight that looks like it's going to be made. But as far as popularity and numbers, revenue, just attention, I think that's the biggest fight. But I wouldn't use that word need. I say he should take that opportunity if it presents itself. Brock, what do you think? Um, first of all, we're forgetting Lomachenko. Um, the thing about Ryan, you know, I always say that I don't like matchups that have uh, a scapegoat attached to it, that has like an excuse attached to it. Uh, Ryan, if, if Tank was to beat Ryan, what are you going to say, Chris? And a lot of guys like you, they're going to say that Ryan was too young. He wasn't ready. He didn't, he, he wasn't experienced enough, but if he beats Loma, there's not much room for an excuse. And that's the fight that we wanted to see happen years ago when Tank was about 22, 23 years old. So I think that's probably the best fight for him to make. Somebody who showing that he's back, no shoulder injury, and he's on a war path, killing everybody in front of him. I think that's the fight more so that he needs. Now, it's just that Ryan's a bigger fight. Ryan's a bigger name. He has millions of followers on Instagram. So that kind of makes sense. But one thing I want to say is that if you listen to the new Javante, the new Javante is calling out names. He's calling out Devin Haney. He's never done that before. You know why? Because he was under the Floyd Mayweather tutelage of being a champion, being the cash cow that we don't call people out. That blueprint doesn't fit well with Javante Davis because he didn't get a chance like Floyd did to fight all of the big names. And, and that's the problem. And I just want, want to make a point how when you have a strong father in your life, like Devin Haney has, you, you, you get to make certain decisions that grants you the freedom to get these kind of big fights like Cambosis twice. The same thing with Sean Porter. Sean Porter had a strong father in his life who wasn't taking no crap. And look, he fought everybody in the welterweight division. And, and that's the thing. The, Javante didn't have that. Javante just did what he was told. Whoever they put in front of me, I'm going to knock them out. And understand something, when, when you're a guy who comes from poverty, who's never really had much, and a guy like Floyd comes and change your life, gives you your first car, gives you a stipend, gives you money, takes you around the world, introduces you to a new world, gives you your family money. Like when somebody does that, you have a lot of loyalty for them. And he had that loyalty for a long time. Just like you, Chris, I'm sure Mike Coppinger put you on, you know, so I know you have a lot of loyalty <laughs> for him. You understand? But no, I'm joking. But I'm just saying, seriously, the person that puts you on you have a lot of loyalty. You see the loyalty everybody has for Al Heyman. Ridiculous. They'll turn down millions of dollars just to, just to do what Al Heyman says, rightfully so. Now, it just so happens that in Javante's mind, Floyd wasn't giving him 
the fights that he needed for his legacy. So now he's like, damn, I'm about to be 28 in November. I need to fight these guys. I need to call them out. So now you're seeing them call them out. So I never really faulted him as hard as other people faulted him for not fighting these fights, even though I'm at my wits end and I'm like, okay, now's the time. But he's showing us that he wants to fight these fights now. So a couple things. Um, You know, it's funny. Eddie Hearn said on Thursday that he received a cease and desist letter from Mayweather Promotions saying Gervonta is still under contract. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, with So this is something that I was told on Saturday night by someone close to Gervonta that he has a year left on his contract, which oh. made me wonder why he was saying all that stuff to begin with, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't have the answer uh, to that question. Specifically, yeah, Eddie, though... Eddie hasn't re- according to Eddie, he hasn't reached out to Gervonta. He has clearly said in numerous occasions that once, I'm, once it's confirmed that his contract is up and he is a free agent... We will be making an offer. How can you send a cease and desist? Well, well, I, I would say uh, I think somebody's been reaching out to Javante. Somebody on the the that side of the proverbial street has been reaching out to Javante with uh, potential offers. I believe I, I I've heard that from a few people, and I, I believe that to be true. Now, specifically Ryan Garcia, I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying about Devin Haney would be great. Vasily Lomachenko would be career defining. The problem is neither one of those guys is available this year. I mean, Devin Haney is locked into two fights with George Cambosis if he wins this fight next weekend. That's going to gobble up his entire 2022. Theoretically, Lomachenko is available, but I don't know the outcome of this war in the Ukraine, when Loma's going to be available to fight again. I mean, I'm just, I'm removing him from the conversation for now until there's more information about his future. But we there know. Are other guys, Chris. There are other guys like Tiafimo Lopez is back in, in camp. He's I mean, gone. He he's it. gone, though. He's I, gone. But he's, he's up. He's got he's Pedro 40. Campa. He's gone. He's gone. He's at 140. Like, that's not real. I mean, that's not real of, right now. Out of everybody I, I, else, Ryan is the top rated guy. Right, besides right. And the most available. And the most available. And the most available right now. That's the big thing. Tell me, Tank Ford at 140. So. If a big fight is created against the Tiafimo, he won't go to 140. You guys act like that fight is not. No, no, possible. I'm just. And, and I, I don't. Talks. And also, you got another guy from Newark, New Jersey, no, who's at saying. the Barclays Center on Saturday night, and he's willing to get in with Tech even at 135. I know, right? He wants to unify 130. I'm talking about Shakur Stevenson, who, in my opinion, is the most skilled fighter in boxing next to Lomachenko. You know, so that that's another potential big fight. Well, why, why, jump, why jump to a 130 fighter when you can fight Ryan Garcia, who's a I, big I didn't 135 say 130. I, I no, said, but he's a 130 fighter. I'm so just giving you more options. Remember, I'm I said, saying remember Ryan I said is that, not the only option. No, I'm just, he's just I'm the saying. best option. He's the best option. He's the biggest option. You know, and I'm just saying that, you know, that's a fight with when it comes to Stevenson, even though he's very talented and he is a big kid, but he fights at 130. So it's a fight that comes with excuses. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying, why not fight Ryan? I'm just saying that we were forgetting Loma. And if Loma ever makes the decision that he wants to come back to America to train to fight, he's the number one guy that should be fought by Tank Davis. But if it's not for Loma, then the next one in line is Ryan Garcia. The big thing for Tank Davis is that he has to tell, whether it's Al Heyman, Leonard Ellerby, whomever, that they have to do a deal that's a cross-promotion. There is nothing left at between 130 and 140 on the PBC side of the street. I named a couple of names that you could theoretically throw him in with. If you really want to do an Esau Cruz rematch, uh, I don't want to see that. Like, if you really want to do that, uh, you could make that fight. But the biggest fights have to involve other promoters. So 
you know, I, I know he, uh, uh, Tank told Brian Custer, you know, before the fight that he it was time to take the training wheels off. What that means is going to your team and saying, look, make a deal. Showtime and DAZN, make a deal to do a pay-per-view involving Ryan Garcia. Ak, if you want to go Teofimo, Shakur, ESPN, Showtime, make a deal that involves a joint pay-per-view. That's the big thing because it does, none of these fights happen, guys, unless there's cooperation by the promoters and by the networks. They just don't. And Ryan... And Ryan and Tank, it's right there. They've negotiated that fight somewhat in the past, and I think both sides with Ryan and Tank are ready to do that fight in the future. But it takes teamwork on this one. I, I agree with you, Chris. I, I think that the ball is in Leonard Ellaby and Mayweather Promotions and Al Heyman's uh, uh, side of the court right now because we, we know that Eddie's already uh, numerous of times with, with, with uh, Demetrius Andrade and other fighters been willing to cross-promote, even fight on another network. And we know that Al Heyman's guys aren't really technically signed with network deals so they can move around and they can fight other places. So maybe that's what Javante and his team is doing. Hey, we know these fights can be made if you really want to make them. I'm here to say I want the fights made, whether it has to be the zone and Showtime, Showtime, the zone, one platform, the other platform, this, that, and the third. That needs to be added. And I mean, that needs to be said by Javante and his team. And maybe that's what it means by taking the training wheels off, being my own man, calling the shots. Because you and I know, and Barack knows, that if the fighter wants to fight, the fight can be made. 100%. And now, now that the zone does pay-per-view, there should be no problem making Tank and Ryan Garcia. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and look, I and, yeah, the reason it has to be a joint pay-per-view is because, look, Showtime has invested a lot of money in Tank Davis over the years they deserve to be involved. DAZN, similarly, the last five years, has invested millions in Ryan Garcia. They deserve to be involved. There's no, this is, I mean, Tank is the bigger star, but Ryan is still a huge draw. His gate in San Antonio was in excess of a million dollars. He's fighting at New Staples. I refuse to call it crypto. He's fighting at why? New Staples. It's just I don't a like the name. crypto either. I don't know. It's just a weird. It's just a weird. It's just the sound, right? Yo, Staples he's, in the sound is so great. But, but he's going to do a big number there, fighting Javier Fortuna, who has no fan base. It's going to be all Ryan Garcia fans that are there. These two sides need to get together. It's not as big a fight as Mayweather-Pacquiao, but it's a fight that will exceed 500,000 pay-per-view buys yeah. and do a gate north of 10 million. That's yeah. not nothing. It, That's it, a it real would, number. It would probably do close to, the, to a million sales, in my opinion. I'm predicting that now. If that fight ever happens, wow. Javante, Ryan Garcia does oh, a million pay-per-view sales. I'm saying it. I'm saying it now. You act like just, that's freaking something what, crazy. Like, well, I, he just said 500. I'm doubling. He said north of 500, which is north freaking phenomenal nowadays. It could be 501. It could be 501. Listen, let's be honest. When's the last time a, a, a fight has done over a million? Uh, Triple G Canelo? Like, come yeah. on. These fights aren't doing a million like that anymore. Yeah, and no it's doubt. been, and, and, and I'm including Fury, Wilder. I'm including all of these guys, Errol uh, uh, Spence. So a million, that, that's saying a lot if it happens. Now we talk about Jake Paul's doing a million every time out. Come on, man. Oh, like he's, oh. he's throwing up numbers. I don't, I don't think the last time. Not the last one. Not the last, uh, last, last thought on this, and I'm just going to address this to boxing fans in general. Boxing fans need to be boxing fans. They need to stop being promoter fans. They need Ooh. to stop being network fans. It is wild to me, guys. 
how many fans on social media say Tank doesn't need Ryan or Ryan doesn't need Tank? I mean, fans just reached into their pocket for, what, $80 to see Tank blow out Rolando Romero? Mm -hmm. Ryan, as you point out, Barack, is probably headed for pay-per-view sooner rather than later because now DAZN is in that business. You want to reach into your pocket to see him fight someone on that Romero level? No. Boxing fans just push for the biggest fights, whether it's on Showtime, DAZN, Fox, wherever. If it's on the Food Network, you want to see the biggest fights every single time. No, all of those Stop fans being a Leonard fan LLB. of networks. They're on the Leonard LLB payroll. Maybe the promotion payroll. Those fans that are saying that. Whoever they are, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me that you are willing to sacrifice the magnitude of the fight because of it matters being on the network. Um, before I before I close this topic, um, where is Tank on your pound for pound list? Uh, Ak, you hinted at this. Where, where is he on the Ak and Barack pound for pound he, list? He's still he's still in the same spot. Barack, what do we have him at number nine last or eight nine? I don't remember, but he's definitely still in the same spot we had him uh, after the uh, Canelo fight. I, I'm not. I don't remember, but it's eight or nine. Barack, listen, can you help listen. me out here? Do you remember? Listen, Chris. The guys, the guys. Right, let me go. Let me go uh, on listen, social on, media and check. On, bo on box rec, on box rec, he's listed as five five and a half. You know what that means? He's really like five four. Correct. You know, everybody that's close to the top on the hundred and twenty six pound division is taller than him. He's a very small guy who can be comfortable in a hundred and twenty six pound division. You know, and he moved up to hundred and forty and fought Mario Barrios, who Keith Thurman. Who, by the way, Sean Porter said is the hardest puncher he ever fought, harder than Errol Spence, could not stop. But Javante can stop him. He's a special guy. He's a very small, special guy. And this is why we have him on the pound-for-pound -pound list. Whether he's number 10 or he's number 8, to me, it really doesn't matter. He's dominant. He's dominant. And Leo Santa Cruz, we talk about him. You say, oh, he was winning. He won two rounds. Leo Santa Cruz won two rounds on all the judges' scorecards. That's it out of the other three. Uh, the other three rounds he won, and then he got knocked out in the, in the last one. You know, so nobody's beating Tank up. Nobody's hurting him. Nobody's wobbling him. He's dominant, explosive, and he's beating everybody that's there. Now, I, but if now he doesn't step up, there's a problem, and he has to slide off that list, and that's my opinion. And I'll add to that, Chris, like, you know, you, you say what you want about Tank, but if he would have matched up against those guys like Ryan Garcia, like Ryan Garcia, uh, like Devin Haney, Cambosis, he's probably going to be the favorite in all of those fights. So if, if you're going to favor Devontae in most of the fights in the lightweight division, that, that, that says, that lends to, hey, this guy's one of the best fighters in the world because we see him beforehand beating most of those guys. I'm not saying he's going to go into favorite I against... Phenomenal what was that? Point. Phenomenal it's a, point. It's it's a it's a phenomenal it's, point if it wasn't completely wrong. I mean, I wouldn't. What, favor, what's wrong about it? What's wrong? I wouldn't I mean, favor Lola tank Chico? against any. I wouldn't you, favor you, tank against any of those guys. You wouldn't? No. <laughs> Come on, be honest with yourself. I think Chris. the odds makers. I think the odds makers will have tank as a favorite. Chris, you know? Chris, you over Ryan maybe I love, a little bit. I love bit. Ryan Garcia, and, and, and I think it's a phenomenal fight. But you would. You would favor Tank, and I know you probably would favor Tank against Ryan Garcia. You would No. 
Let's no. not keep I throwing Ryan, around that phenomenal oh, word. That's three times already. That's <laughs> a lot, lot of, lot, a lot of phenomenals. <laughs> look, I think Ryan. That. Look, look, I think Ryan's. Who said Ryan, Was that me? We all did. <laughs> I think we all did. I think we all did. I just, think, I think Ryan's bigger. I think you know he's bigger, um, and I think his fast twitch power is yeah. dangerous. And I think, I, I look, I and Tank is not a volume puncher either. So, no. like, he's gonna have to catch Ryan. I don't think Ryan lunges in in the same way a guy like Romero lunges in or is as vulnerable. Uh, he is vulnerable in some ways. He's flat-footed, doesn't move his head a lot. But if he fights his fight, I- I'd favor him. I would. Uh, and and mean, Devin look, Haney. I think Devin Haney's a great like. Devin Haney has as much argument for pound for pound as Tank Davis does to me because he's as skilled as anyone. Well, I the only reason Devin why the, the only reason why Devin is not on my pound for pound list, and I'm sorry, I'm not speaking for Barack, but it's only because Tank has won titles in different divisions. And no, he's stop. Been no, he hasn't. He's, no, he hasn't. He's, he's, no, he won hasn't. Two ti- he's won two titles. No, he hasn't. One he's won one. Uh, he's yeah, won he one. Don't count those other divisions. But, uh, okay. But he's went. He's went to other. He's fought. He's fought champions in other divisions. In, in he's three fought different, guys three, in other three divisions. Three different divisions. And, he, and he's knocking guys out. But I agree with you. I think Joe, I think Devin is one of the best fighters in the world as well. And uh, believe it or not, I mean, after this this weekend, I see I see him winning that fight. He's definitely going to be on my pound for pound list after Saturday. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we're just in a yeah. great era because every fight, somebody gets taken off and somebody gets added. That means we have at least 15 really, really solid, great fighters right now. I agree. I agree. And the back of the pound for pound list is is so tough. I mean, yeah. Stephen Fulton could make an argument after this yes. weekend that he belongs uh, on that list. I, back of mine right now is Shakur Stevenson, Shakur Stevenson. and Dimitri Bevel. Like, yep. but you know, it's it, it's tough to to kind well, of. Well, Bevel is on is on most people's list now. Yeah, now he is. Um, all right, you mentioned Devin Haney um, mm-hmm. fighting this weekend against George Cambosis in Australia. I think we all give Devin an enormous amount of credit for packing his bags and not only going to Australia. But going to Australia alone, his father, Bill Haney, will not be ringside for that fight. Denied a visa to Australia. Ben Davison, who has been a big part of uh, Team Haney for the last few fights, he will not be there either. Also with a visa issue. Um, Barack, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, You know, under perfect circumstances, I would favor Devin Big in this situation, but he's going to George Cambosa's backyard, and he's doing it with Yoel Judah as his primary corner man. So give me your thoughts on how this fight is going to play out. Well, basically, they said um, he has to go fight alone. Like, literally, his whole corner is not even allowed to be there, so we got to commend him, uh, Devin Haney, for that. That's that's incredible. But when you look at the, the styles, you look at the styles, you see um, George Cambosis did great against Teofimo Lopez. He had a sneaky right hand. He also showed a great chin, a great durable chin, and he really didn't get hurt till maybe the eighth round. And then he started to wear down, but then came back, got knocked down in the 10th round, came back in 11th to 12th round. So he, he showed a lot of durability as well, as well as trickiness and some hand speed as well. But we're talking about somebody who actually has it all. Maybe not crazy punching power, but has everything else, that ring IQ, that discipline, the uh, he never leaves his game plan, speed, accuracy, uh, his side-to-side movement. Like, he's just a beautiful fighter in that ring. But we saw against Linares that if you take focus off for a second, you can get rocked. Does Cambosas have that kind of power, that explosive power like Linares has? I don't know. But even, even so, he got rocked. The end of the 10th round, went back to the um, corner, kind of regained himself, came back in in 11th round, 
and didn't hold until a minute later after he got hit again. So he showed durability as well. But you got to edge in the person who never has close fights. The last three of Cambosis fights were all split decisions. Devin Haney doesn't even come close to split decisions. He barely even loses a round. It's hard to bet against somebody like that. And Barack, I'll add to that one of my favorite attributes that Devin has is uh, a la Floyd Mayweather is condition. I mean, I've never seen Devin Haney tired in a fight, which is so important in the championship level when you're talking about 12 rounds. Uh, So here's a guy that is probably going to be at the same pace that he was in the first. He'll be the same pace in the 10th round. That goes a long way. So um, just look, obviously the attributes are there, the skill, the speed, everything that you need to go in enemy territory and get a win. Now, people are worried about enemy territory. People are worried about home cooking because of what we saw uh, with Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn. And I, I, had, I, talk, I talked to Barack about this earlier in the week. I, you know, I said, hey, maybe because of that fight, they're, they're highlighted now. You know, the microscope is under those judges and they don't want to F it up. So they're going to try their best to be as fair as possible because they know they're going to be scrutinized for that. So maybe it might be a blessing in disguise that that happened with Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn and Devin gets a fair shake when it comes to that decision. I mean, I'm hoping for that because, you know, to to both of you guys' points, this guy has so many things against him. I mean, look, credit to Yoel Judah, who's been in enemy territory when Zab Judah fought Spinks and and his son became undisputed welterweight champ of the world. I mean, he's a guy from Brooklyn, New York. He, he has some toughness to him. So, you know, Devin has some tough people around him, but it's not like having his pops there. So he has a lot of things against him, which I think will add a, a, an extra chip on his shoulder, more motivation to shut everybody up, especially George Cambosis. What kind of sport are we dealing with here where corruption <laughs> is just okay for us to talk about? And if it was to happen, we're going to be like, oh, see, home cooking. And then we like, <laughs> Well, obviously, you know, it's not okay with us, but you're right. It's, it's sad. They yeah. were so cavalier about this. The most dangerous sport in the world, and we, we talk yeah. about, you know, corruption exactly. being okay. Like, lives are changed every single time Ooh, there, is, uh, there, is a, there is a bad decision. No question about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I like Devin's chances a lot, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, during the buildup for the Teofimo Lopez fight, it was abundantly clear that George Cambosis had gotten under Teofimo's skin. Um, it, it was bothering him. Now, some of that had to do with all that Teofimo had going on outside the ring in his own camp, but George got to him, and Teofimo went into that fight trying to blast him out of there in one round and fought the duration of the fight trying to blast him out of there with one punch. Like, that was just his mindset, and it was the wrong approach to take in a fight like that. Watching the clips from Australia this week, it is cracking me up how dismissive Devin has been of George's kind of antics when George, when Devin or when George calls Devin a rat and an informant yeah. for sending him messages about how to beat Devin Haney. Uh, Devin is just shaking no, his head. I, I saw one T-O. clip. Yeah. Oh, but T F M a bit. Sorry. Um, and then I watched something recently where George is talking about his journey and Devin just stops and goes, would you stop? I mean, come on, let it go. Like George, I understand what George is doing. George wants Devin Haney to come outside of himself, to go out there and try to blast him out of there because George knows he probably can't win a straight boxing match with Devin Haney. But the traps that Teofimo Lopez fell into, I don't think that Devin's going to fall into them. I think he's going to go out there and box. And if he is 
just in a boxing match with George Cambosis, to me, this should be like a 9-3, maybe even 10-2 type of fight. I just think Devin is that much better a straight boxer than George Cambosis is. Yeah, and I also I think that, that a, a good sign of a confident fighter, he's just talking about what happens inside the ring. He's not talking about, oh, well, when you come over here to this country, then you, you, you're going <clears> to <throat> you're gonna have so many people against you. You got that long flight. He need, It sounds like he's using all of that to give himself confidence. I'm talking about George Cambosis. He needs all of that to give him self-confidence. You don't have your trainer. You don't have your, your, your second guy in, in there in, in the corner. So Devin doesn't talk like that. If the roles were reversed and it was Cambosis coming over to America, Devin wouldn't mention a long fight. Devin wouldn't mention the crowd. Devin wouldn't care. You know what he'd say? He'd say, skills pay the bills. Because he is actually a confident guy who, who talks less because he's very confident. He's like, you know what? Just shut up and let's just fight. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, Barack. I mean, I think that, you know, George, a lot of people felt like Teofimo had an off night and he hears those that chatter around and he wants to prove and he's hyping himself up to, to you know, to so to speak, like, hey, I'm the real deal. That wasn't a fluke against Teofimo. But he can't ignore the fact that Devin is a phenomenal boxer. And I'm throwing that word out there again, phenomenal Damn. boxer. <laughs> so, so I don't, I, I do, I like that angle. You know, and I, I like Chris's angle too. You know, the, the fact that he's not getting under Devin's skin, which means Devin is not going to gear off to, uh, you know, and get out of his game plan. He's going to stick to the script. He never does. Uh, skills pay the bills. He always does. And uh, Bill Haney, we, we had a conversation with him and, and he brought up a point. Listen, how many close fights have you seen Devin in? And it's true. We haven't seen him in any close fights. Now, granted, you know, he has two you know, names on his resume that, that, that we know are, are, are former world champs, credible fighters in Jojo and Lenatas, but still in all, even those fights were not close in my opinion. And uh, George has struggled with subpar opponents. I don't want to call, call names out there, but before Tiafimo, this guy has struggled with guys that don't even come close to a Devin Haney boxing ability. Oh, it's Mickey Bay. It's Lee Selby. I'll throw yeah, him. Yeah, I know, but I like Mickey Bay. <laughs> I know, I know. I like Mickey Bay too. I, mean, I think he's eventually going to fight Devin Farmer maybe sometime yeah, this summer. And Mickey Bay is, is Team Haney. He spars yeah. with Devin. Devin yes. gives him. Devin gives him the business, and 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 that's that's even more help in the camp. Saying this is what Cambosis has. This is what mm -hmm. he does. Like it just everything seems to point in Devin's direction. But I think that not having your father, being in Australia. Um, knowing that you have to fight him again, not having Ben Davidson, maybe that kind of lifts it up closer to a 50-50 fight. But uh, if, that affects, as, if that affects if, him, if that even affects him, exactly. You know what I mean? But we're talking about skills and the eye test. Yeah, Devin Haney. Yeah, Ak, I would just say one other thing. The the and Barack alluded to this. The the one the one concern I have with Devin is that he is so obsessed with being a power puncher. Like he needs you to believe that he's got pop. He gets offended when it's even suggested that he's, quote, pillow-fisted or, you know, has soft hands. And I don't think he'll do this, but where he could get into trouble is if he goes out there and just tries to trade with Cambosis, thinking Cambosis can't, can't hold up to him. I think he's smart enough to know this is not the time to do that. <laughs> this is not the time to, to test your power. You got to go to that country Beat this guy every single round and get out of there with those belts. That that's what's that's what on that's what's on his agenda, in my opinion. And and, and that could affect the fight. I think Devin will do that with, with a different type of opponent.
I think that affects every fighter. There's right. no it's fighter true. on it's this true. planet that doesn't get affected by that. But it's it's about to what degree and what extent. Because look, Floyd Mayweather is probably the most disciplined fighters ever fighter I've ever seen in my life. He probably gets death threats more than anybody, more than the president of the United States. And he doesn't let certain things bother him. But there was a couple of times, like with with um, Cotto and Maidana, he chose to fight a different way just because of what the fans were saying. That's what chatter can do to a disciplined fighter. And him not having his father there, I think he wants to take that out on a Cambosis, you know? So yes, it could affect him a little bit, but I think he's smart enough. You never know, but I do think he's smart enough to say, if I do that, if I sit down on my punches and really try to get him out of there, it's going to be in the later rounds after I done lasered him for six and or I'm, seven rounds. I'm not sure if you guys noticed during a press conference when George Cambosis said, hey, I tried to help uh, get your father in here. And, and uh, Devin said, oh, stop lying. Capping. No, you didn't, Captain. So in other words, he feels like all those dudes kind of, I don't want to say conspired, but they're not doing that. They're, they're not going out of the way to try to get Bill over there. You know who uh, doesn't take offense to not being called a power puncher? Uh, Feather Fists himself, Sergio Mora. I knew you were going to say Sergio. I knew you were going to say Sergio. No, that bothers him too. (laughs) Not not as much as others, uh, for sure. Not Uh, now, but when he was fighting, it probably did. Somehow, he he said something during a fighter meeting recently where he said when he was fighting Southpaw, he was a power puncher. I I, kind (laughs) of chuckled at that one. I don't uh, don't know how that's the case. Um, Last thing for you guys. Did you laugh during the meeting? I did. I always laughed during the meeting. Maybe he was a power puncher. It's just, it's hard to connect if you're not a true Southpaw. So he just didn't land it to show everybody maybe. No, I don't think I'm always going to defend Sergio. Last thing for you guys, the news this week outside of the ring is that Anthony Joshua has changed trainers again. Uh, This time he is going with Robert Garcia. Some pictures were taken of Robert over in the UK right now. He is apparently going to be working with Team Joshua, I'm not entirely sure exactly what the dynamics going to be in the corner of Anthony Joshua before his fight with Alexander Usyk. But Ak, your reaction to uh, AJ pivoting to Robert Garcia with his fight with Alexander Usyk at least tentatively scheduled right now for July 23rd? I mean, my, my first reaction was I like it. That's what I said initially. I like the fact that he's actually putting it out there. Okay, this is who I'm going to be with because you know we all saw what happened months ago. Like he was had a tour, a gym tour with different guys. But what I felt in the Usyk fight, the first Usyk fight, that, uh, you know, AJ should have went in there trying to outbox Usyk. Most people felt that way. He's the bigger, stronger guy. Being aggressive, you would think, easier said than done, but that would be the most effective plan against a guy like Usyk. I think Robert Garcia is a perfect trainer for that type of style. He's very offensive-minded, that of uh, uh, Freddie Roach. So I like the, the, the matchup between the trainer and and fighter there now in this one training camp can robert really put his footprint you know his fingerprints on, on aj enough for, th- for us to see a difference i don't think we need to see much of a different aj aj has shown that he can be that savage aggressive heavyweight we've seen it in the past i think robert just has to get it back out of him so i like it i'm excited about it i think we're going to see a slight uh different aj barack what yeah. do you think well, for what, I, what I think that people don't notice is that it's not like um, Joshua went in there and tried to outbox Usyk. It's just he didn't seem to be that confident while he was fighting Usyk. Because listen, it's not like he went in there against Charles Martin and said, I'm going to walk you down and knock you out. He outboxed 
Charles Marr. And, and within, with, without boxing him, counterpunching, he lets hard right hands go. He didn't do that this particular fight with Usyk. So it's not like he was just trying to outbox and his outboxing doesn't come with power. His outboxing comes with power. He showed that against Brazil. He outboxed those guys who are not superior boxers than him. So it's not like that. I just think for some reason, he didn't have the confidence to let his right hand go, kind of like how Klitschko against Fury. You know what I mean? And, and that's the problem. So I just think he needs somebody to reignite that confidence in him so that he can let his hands go, whether he chooses the box or he chooses to walk you down. It doesn't Barack, really matter. You just proved my point because you said he outboxed those guys. So if he went in the fight with Usek with that same mind frame, that counterpunch isn't going to work like it did with those guys because he's still trying to outbox Usek and wait for that shot to land. Now, so see, what I'm maybe saying that's is that the wrong game plan. He threw soft right hands and still wobbled Usyk. That's not the regular Anthony Joshua used to seeing. That's all I'm saying. It has nothing to do with whether he chose to box or not. He did not box normally. That's what I mean. So whether he tried to outbox or not, it wasn't the same Joshua we've seen against Klitschko, against every other fighter, even against Parker. He threw harder right hands. For some reason, these right hands were very, very tentative. They weren't, they weren't hard. They, they, they were arm punches, and it still hurt Usyk. If we just get a different Anthony Joshua who's confident, who says, I am going to win no matter what, then we'll see a, a better, a better turn. Well, a different turnout. I don't want to say better. Wh whoever wins, wins. Uh, I think this has the potential to be a disaster. I really do. Um, why? why? Like what? Only because, look, he's been trained by Rob McCracken his entire career. That's one style. Uh, months ago, it was reported that Angel Fernandez was going to be his head trainer. Well, Angel he's Fernandez. Been part of his camp, though. He's been part of his camp for, for a while. Right. Angel well, yeah. well, no, no question. But Angel Fernandez, what we know about him is that he has been schooled in the Cuban form of boxing. So yes. if he's taking a more prominent role, I would assume he's trying to put more of his imprint on AJ style. I have no issue with Robert Garcia. I think he should have chosen Robert Garcia as well, but he should have done it three months ago. Like, we're mm. now into early June when they're getting started. And you're bringing in a coach, and I know he's been there at various points in the last month or so, whatever it's been, but you're bringing in a coach who's got a completely different style that you're used to months or seven weeks really before the biggest fight in your career when you take on a pound-for-pound -pound great in Alexander Usyk. Like, I don't, I just so, feel so like So you prefer going, him to stay with McCracken after the last result? Honestly, at this point, Maybe. Like, if you're going to wait for it to get this long, I don't know if you want to shake things up and have all these different voices. And I mentioned this at the top. I don't know who his head trainer is going to be. Everything seems to indicate there's like a co-training committee well, going on Chris, there between that's Angel. Maybe that's what he needs. We, that's not, but it never works. That never he works. Maybe he needs that, to be shooken up. That never I don't, works, I don't think though. it has like, anything. I don't think it has anything to do with anything except confidence. I'm trying to tell you, it's like Kodo. Kodo, when he got his first and second loss, he was like, he needed a new trainer just to give him confidence. That's all it was. Nobody really taught him anything different. No one needs to teach Joshua anything different. He just needs to go in there confident to let his hands go like he did in every other fight. Can't we see that he fought Usyk differently than he fought everybody else? And meanwhile, yeah, but Usyk Barack, is the smallest Barack, you, guy. You mentioned Cotto just needed confidence. I would push back a little bit on that because who was, I, I'm blanking, Pedro, the Cuban coach, 
Dakota yeah. went with for like a minute. Um, that didn't work. Like that's that style. That's when he lost the trout. <laughs> right. Like that style of training didn't work for Coda. It wasn't a confidence thing there with Coda. It's like he went to a coach with a different style. He went to Freddie, who had a more offensive oriented style, and they clicked. Like it, it, to me, that was as much about strategy when, as when it a guy, was when a guy about beats you down. When a guy beats you down, like Antonio Margarito did, and even in the second fight, he was getting hurt a lot towards the end. Thank God, his eye socket was broken by Pacquiao already. It's hard to have the confidence. It's hard to have that same confidence when Manny Pacquiao knocks you out like that. It's hard to have that confidence. So you know what he did? He went and got tattoos. He tried to he tried to change his mindset. He tried to get that confidence back. So yes, it might have been a bad style, but it's really about even if you have a bad style, there are fighters in there who has bad styles, but they feel like they can never lose, and th and they're gonna give it their all. And if the style ain't working, they'll switch, and that takes confidence. Yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen right now going into mm. this fight. And is is AJ going to be singularly focused when he gets back in the corner between rounds, when he's hearing different advice? Is he going to be comfortable um, applying that advice in the ring? And again, if he was going up against a significantly lesser opponent, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But he's going up against a great. He's going up against a hey. guy that is legit. Hey, listen, Chris, let me, let me add really... Uh add something really quick in regards to different trainers. Look, uh, Bill Haney brought up a great point. The fact that uh, his entire career, Devin has worked with so many different trainers and, and that made him confident that he took a piece of everybody and he's going to have something special that most fighters don't. So maybe the fact, maybe the fact that AJ has been with a few guys that might make him better. I mean, yes, it could, there's a flip side to that, but what I'm saying is let's be optimistic here. I mean, something about Robert, to Barack's point, is probably making him feel more confident, which is why he went with him. And maybe that's a look. Gumbo is one of my favorite dishes, and it has all type of ingredients in there. So maybe all of these ingredients might turn into something good. You know what though? Like you know what, Barack? Barack, you know I, you know what? One other thing with about Robert Garcia, like if I'm AJ, go to Robert's gym. Like, what are you doing staying in the UK? Like, go to Oxnard and train there. Like, get out of your comfort zone. Like, go someplace. We are not this super known figure. I remember Eddie Hearn telling me that when AJ went to San Diego to work briefly with Canelo's team, mm -hmm. like he was out in one of those parks and nobody mm -hmm. recognized him. Like right. go to a place where you're anonymous, where the focus is simply on boxing. I, I that's another part of this. Like I, I look, Robert Garcia is a great trainer. I don't know why Robert's going there. Why isn't AJ and his team coming to him? Like that that's to me. That's what I assume. I assume that he would be in the, in Cali. So, no, I, 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 I mean, I that's just... that's a personal preference. You never know what helps a fighter, you know, um, and, and, and you don't have to acclimate to the time change out here in the United States and then go back and then acclimate to the to the um, to the Europe time. So in, in the UAE. So it's like I just think it's probably best for them stay closer to that time zone. And just train with somebody who gives you confidence. That's all. I, su I suppose. But he's also not flying middle seat coach back to uh, the UK. Like he's probably hopping on a private jet with a flatbed that he can take a nap on before he gets there. So <laughs> that's a different story altogether. Uh, fellas, always great to do this with you guys. You can check out Akin Barak on the Zone Boxing Show every weekday over on DAZN. Uh Enjoy it, guys. We'll do it again. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for Thank having you, us. Thank you, brother. When we come back, my conversation with Stephen Fulton. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying, Cal's a bust, he can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. That's my day. Fight fans, take your best shot with $200 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. It doesn't matter if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out. New customers get an instant $200 in free bets on your first bet of $5. Just sign up with the promo code BOXING to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Choose from the money line to the method of victory and so much more. To get your $200 in free bets guaranteed, just sign up with the promo code BOXING on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, Stephen Fulton is the unified 122-pound champion. On Saturday, he will defend his titles against Daniel Roman. That's a fight you can see on Showtime, and Stephen joins me here on the show. Stephen, I was just thinking about this before you came on. Like, What I love about the lighter weight classes is that everything seems like it's a big fight. Like Every single fight you guys are in is significant. You win a title against Angelo Leo, you unify against Brandon Figueroa, and now you get Roman, who has won two fights in a row since a really close loss to MJ Akhmadalyev. Does it feel that way to you, like that every fight you're in is is a significant fight? Yeah, it feels – I mean, it is that way. I don't want to say it feels because it is that way. <laughs> and I'm the only guy that's doing it in the division anyway. No other guys are, you know, doing it in this division. Why Why is it important for you to do it? I feel like this is just the, the route that I wanted to take. As well as I, I me mean, knowing I can defeat these guys, I me mean, knowing I can beat them. You um, I saw heard you say earlier that the last few fights people have seen different sides of Stephen Fulton. What, what do you mean by that? I mean they they seen the side that you know a lot of pressure early in my career, a lot of pressure fighters will come and try to out pressure me, but now that they seen that I can do that too, and now all of them are second guessing. Should we just pressure this guy because I have outstanding inside work as well not just applying the pressure, but more so the nice inside shots, the body, head, whatever. I can do whatever. I'm versatile. Was that a decision you made to kind of show that side of you? 
yes, that was a, the de- decision that I made. I feel like it was a decision that I, that needed to be made as well and needed to be shown, a side that needed to be shown. Why did it need to be shown? Because, it, you know, you all, we're, we're fighters, so you don't want to get used to keep continue to do one style. You need to, you know, utilize every every fight aspect that you have, every aspect you have in this fight game. So showing that was like, oh, all right, damn, he could do that too? But then he could do this too. What I wonder what else what else can he do? And right now that's this where I'm at with it right now. I'm just showing all all of my well, a lot of my tools. Not everything, but a lot of my tools. You think after that Figueroa fight, people will approach fights with you differently, knowing you can do a whole bunch of different things? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard you say recently that you have something of a love-hate relationship with boxing. What did you mean by that? I mean, <laughs> I feel like sometimes that can be self-explanatory, but it's just, it, boxing has its ups and downs. It has its moments where it, it could chew you up and spit you out, or it could, it can make for a full feast. So when do you love it the most, and when do you hate it the most? I love it the most when, I, when I'm fighting. And, and just regularly training. I hate it the most is when I get in camp sometimes. Like, making weight is, like, one of the main things I hate about this. <laughs> and I think every every fighter can agree with me with that. But this mm-hmm. camp was a little different. I was a lot more happy and a lot more just willing to do the work. So this time it wasn't a love-hate thing, as well as the media can make you, you know, make it a hate thing as well. Mm-hmm. And the people... Which with part the, of it? The- with the people... The outside people within the sport, not not the you know not the the, the ones that's behind the camera, but more so the the, the audience, the, the fans, things like that. Well, you got to stay off social media, Stephen. That's the worst place on earth. No, you know that, I, right? I can deal with that though. <laughs> it, it is it isn't just the social media with me. It isn't. That. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard you say that making weight was a lot easier for this fight than um, that it was for Figueroa. Why why is that? I feel like I did things the right way. Figueroa fight, I, 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 I messed up the camp. I messed up that aspect on my own. Like, that wasn't no, nobody but me. I, I messed that up. But I feel like this time it was a lot more better. You know, I had a nutritionist, so everything was greater. I got stronger towards the end of the the camp. I got stronger, and I, I'm I'm eating up until now. I'm still eating. I'm still drinking. I just feel great. Is this your first time with a nutritionist? Yes. Why why'd you decide now? I mean, I, I think all boxers should have nutritionists. It always seems to pay off for them. Sometimes they're expensive, I get it, but uh it uh it always seems to pay off for boxers when they add someone like that to their camp. I feel like I, I did it this camp because the last the way the way of my body felt last camp. I knew it wasn't mm-hmm. the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. So you go into this fight with Roman, who's who's a very good fighter. I mean, I was ringside for that Aquadalia fight, and it was close. Uh, it was a close loss um, uh, for Danny. What what do you think of Roman as a fighter? He's a great fighter. He's a good fighter. That's what I think of him. He's a good fighter. Mm-hmm. What kind of style do you think he's going to bring out of you? Uh, I feel like he's going to bring out my de- my defensive side. Mm-hmm. More the counter puncher than the aggressor or the inside fighter. No, I'm always be aggressive. But more so that 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 defense and you know maybe a little bit of that countering as well because he's a counter he's just a counter fighter. I don't think he's the fighter that's going to go get it, but maybe that could change in this fight. You know this I feel like this is his last opportunity to you know be on top. 
I think you're right about that, um, for sure. He um, he had that fight with Akhmedaliev. Is there any part in your mind, because I know you want that Akhmedaliev fight, but is there any part of you that wants to beat Roman more convincingly than Akhmedaliev did? Yes. Not just more than Akhmedaliev did, but just show him himself like it's, it's no comparison. Like we're separate. You um, I heard you say you've rewatched the Figueroa fight mm-hmm. a whole bunch of times. Why, why do you do it? Why do you rewatch it? I like watching that fight now. I I enjoy watching that fight. It was a hell of a fight. It was a great fight. And I like some of the things that I was doing. You know, the, the way my body felt and everything, when I came out the ring, I just was like, man, I felt like SHIT. But <laughs> when I went back and I looked at it, I'm like, damn, I was doing that. Like, damn, that was a nice fight. Or I, I can see why they gave him this round. Or I, I was winning that round, but he had tried to get it back in later rounds. I'm like, so I'm very observant of it. I'm, re- I'm very aware of a lot that was going on. So, but once I start watching, I'm like, damn, that's a good fight. And it just gave me that extra confidence. Like, damn, I went through that. Like, I, I overcame that. Oh, yeah, but I can't wait to fight this guy because he's not going to bring that type of pressure. And if he do, we all know I'm ready for it. No, it was a fantastic fight. One of the best fights uh, of the year. And I know you've been, you know, I when you say you like to rewatch it now, I find it interesting because I know you've been irritated by people that have said, well, why aren't we seeing the rematch? Why is that not happening? You've said you've said I won the fight. Why do why do I need to have to argue about the rematch? No, for sure, for sure. Like, why why y'all coming to me about it? Y'all come to him. He's a loser, <laughs> and he acted like one. Mm-hmm. Did that frustrate you? How he acted afterwards? No, I ain't frustrated. Me, it was. I understood it more so than ever. That's why I didn't take it to the next level. I understood it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's his first loss. It was a close fight. But then when I rewatched it, it wasn't that close, but it was still a close fight. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you gotta, um, you you have to understand certain certain people that has tasted their first time, their their first defeat. Everything could be frustrating. It was a pro Figueroa crowd, so I was like, I understand it. Oh, and you know too, and I, I've experienced this with fighters before. Like you know, his whole team, his whole camp must have been like, you won the fight, you won the fight. Mm-hmm. It only makes a guy feel like he he won it exactly. you know, even more if. People are telling them that. And even um, if they go rewatch that fight and this camp still tell me one, they retarded. You said you actually want to watch that fight back with him at some point, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That'd be lit. <laughs> Get us in the same room together, watch, rewatch the fight so I can break it down to him while I'm eating some chips or something. Yo, look at that shot, bro. You wasn't hit nothing. Like, look at it. Like, you really think you won? You really delusional. Like, that it, feels don't like tremendous... be, it don't have to be violent. Like, it don't have to be violent. Yeah. We already fought. Yeah. I like that. That feels like tremendous Showtime content. Like exactly. Just that, that right there just lets you know. That right there lets you know I got the mindset. Like I know how to promote things. <laughs> I know how to like. I'm I'm good at those type of things. I should do. They should do that for every fighter. Every after every close fight, have the two guys sit down in a room and rewatch together and see if they come to common ground. That'd be lit. On that. Um, last question for you. I mean, you know, Daniel Roman is right in front of you. Um, is it Akhmedaev or bust for you after that or move up? I mean, is there anything left for you at 122 if you can't get that fight with Akhmedaev? I mean, I don't know. I think I want that fight, though. <laughs> I know. I know you do. It's a great fight. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to, I would have, I would have to wait and, and, and think that out, like, hard, really think that out. But you're not going to wait. Or would you wait for Inouye or Donaire or those guys to to decide to want to move up? I'm get I'm big myself, so if I if I mm-hmm. wouldn't wait for MJ, I wouldn't wait for those guys. Mm-hmm. Do you think that I mean po- boxing politics suck? I mean they they prevent fights. Um, you feel like boxing politics would stop 
you and MJ from getting in the ring? No, I think we can make that happen. Mm -hmm. I feel like it'd be up to MJ and them, though. Mm -hmm. But I think we can make it happen. Hey, it'd be great to see an undisputed fight between you two. And that'll be yet another big fight in a row for you as you keep keep this train rolling along uh, as well. Uh, Steven, good luck on Saturday, man. It's a great fight. You and Daniel Roman live on Showtime. Good to catch up with you. No, likewise. When we come back, my conversation with George Cambosis. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. All right, on Saturday, the undisputed lightweight championship will be settled once and for all when Devin Haney challenges George Cambosis in Australia, down under for all the 135-pound belts. George Cambosis, of course, coming off a huge win over Teofimo Lopez late last year. George joins me here on the show. George, before I get into your preparation for this fight, what has the last six months or so been like for you as you have gone from you know, relatively unknown contender to four belt world champion. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's been amazing. The support has been, uh, you know, right up there. The whole country behind me, you know, a lot of the world behind me. They were so um, impressed from that big victory I had with Lopez. But my, my tunnel vision, my obsession got, got more. I became champion. I became hungrier. So I got to build, build my own private gym, which was uh, real fun. And that's what I put in the work throughout this whole camp, throughout this whole time. I got to uh, really continue to perfect my craft. But life did get busy. A lot more people wanted to meet me. You did get right back in the gym. I mean, following you on social media, it was probably a week maybe after you got back to Australia and you were right back in. Actually, I was was back in the gym when I uh, went to the Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz (laughs) fight. I was training in the MGM Grand nonstop because I'm never content. I'm I'm always trying to get better and better. and, And that's the kind of fighter I am. So... Even while I was scoping out my opponents after my big win against Lopez, I was not enjoying, you know, the, the, the high life. I was not partying. I was not celebrating. I was back into the uh, gym because that's, that's what I do. You were at that Devin Haney fight, like you said, against Jojo Diaz. Devin won that fight. For a while, you thought you were going to get Vasily Lomachenko. Of course, it didn't work out. Lomachenko's got his situation in the Ukraine. Uh, how did you feel at the time about pivoting from Lomachenko to Devin Haney? Yeah, no problem. I always said that either Devin Haney or Lomachenko, whoever wanted the fight, whoever made the best deal and, and, and everything made sense, I was happy to fight them both. No problem. So I got a lot of respect for uh, Lomachenko. Obviously, he went to the war. Uh, he's fighting a bigger fight. No problem. Devin Haney was one of the guys that we wanted as well, and he came to the party. Respect to that. And here we are. You had the leverage as the four-belt champion at lightweight, and you used it. You got a multi-fight deal effectively. Um, in this situation, you're having the fight in Australia. Uh, why was it important for you to have this title defense in Australia? Yeah, yeah of course. You know, I had to go earn the belts off two for my life. It's in his backyard. I've had to do it, you know, countless years back to back. So I deserve this. I deserve to have to do it the way I wanted it and the way it makes most sense, you know, for my future, my family. But for me, I love to fight and been so passionate about fighting, especially here in Australia, I had to bring this back to Australia. It had to be here. I had to defend my belts at home. 
nothing else mattered but fighting here in Australia because it's been a long time. So now I get to have my my people supporting me. And that's the most amazing part about it because they get to uh, really get to see world-class fighting. That's what it's about. I got to give you credit, George. You are, I think, masterful at the pre-fight buildup. I mean, you got deep under Teofimo Lopez's skin in that week before the Lopez fight. And it feels like you're at it again. I mean, when I hear you say things like, you're a rat, you're an informant, I'm like, George is doing that for a reason. Like, he wants to get Devin Haney out of his comfort zone and get him to make some mistakes. Is there any of that to to the, some of the things that you say? I'm just having fun. I'm having fun, but I'm just telling the truth. Everything I said in the Lopez fight was the truth. And what I'm saying here is the truth. You know, obviously, Lopez is aware of it. He's gone and told me certain things, nothing to do with his boxing skills, nothing to do with, with things that he does in the ring, things that he was doing outside of the ring. So it is what it is. That's, that's what it is. And uh, it's out there. I know it. I saw it in his eyes. It, it, it ruffled a few feathers. And uh, so be it. We've got to fight to, to, uh, to handle on Sunday. But if it's uh, in his head, that's beautiful. It's your choice of words, though. It's great. Rat and informant. You know that's going to like kind of poke him a little bit and get him a little irritated because those words are loaded words, you know, when it comes to uh, situations like that. Yeah, they are. But, you know, everyone that, that saw me after that press start, they said, man, that is a rat. That is an informant. That's, <laughs> that's a boxing informant. So uh, that's history there. I don't know if there's ever been a boxing informant, but uh, there he is there. So in preparing for Devin Haney, has he been more or less complicated to prepare for than Teofimo Lopez was? No, I take every fighter and every champion with full respect and I prepare unbelievable to make sure that there are no stones unturned. I brought in an unbelievable sparring partner in Albert Bell, who is 22-0, number four or five in the world, super sharp. So him having uh, other good sparring partners, well, Olympians, uh, amateur prospects, uh, amateur stars, uh, contenders, the whole lot inspiring and training, as well as my American team for seven, eight weeks with me, full team, Xander Zayas as well. So we have left no stone unturned. I have invested again in myself to make sure that there are no stones unturned and we'll be ready. Teofimo Lopez came out really looking to knock you out in the first round. He wanted to one-punch you into the ground in that fight, and you took advantage of that. You were able to outbox him, put him down early, and change the dynamic of the fight pretty early. Devin Haney is more boxer than puncher. Are you expecting a very different kind of fight? Yeah, whatever he wants to bring to the table. If he wants to run and move, I've fought runners and movers. I've, 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 I've beat them well. People underestimate my boxing skills and my boxing abilities. So whatever he wants to do, no problem. Maybe in his head, he's going to come forward like, like a man possessed. So we'll see. Whatever he wants to do, we are fully prepared and uh, I, will, I will win this fight. Victory by any means. Do you feel more or less confident now that you've won the belts? I mean, what impact has the, have the belts have on your confidence? I've always been very confident. That's, that's no lie. Everyone knows that. I think if I didn't have this confidence, I wouldn't be able to get to this position. But winning the championship belts, going through that 12-round war with Tiffany Lopez, a puncher like himself, in his hometown, that elevates you even more. That confidence grows even more. And now I know, and the world knows, something I knew deep down inside me that I am a world champion. I'm ready for anybody and I am elite. So the confidence has grown many, many levels and uh, I'm very excited for this Sunday. You know, people have asked Devin how he's going to feel fighting in front of 30, 40, 50,000, however many it is uh, in that stadium. Will he be overwhelmed by it? I mean, it's a big crowd for you. They'll be there supporting you. Um, but how do you feel you'll react to that kind of atmosphere? 
Yeah, look, it's going to be an amazing crowd. I know there's already over 45,000 tickets gone. Um, it, it's going to be huge and, and very exciting. So for me, it's motivating. It's inspiring. I haven't had this opportunity to fight in front of my people for a very long time, especially in a stadium like this. For him, let's see how he handles it, but he's got to handle what's in front of him. And that's me. The, 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 fight, the crowd can't win fights for him or for me. So it's me and him in that ring, and that's what I'm excited about to get my hands on him. You know, it'll be an early start for a fight like this to take advantage of prime time in the U.S. Um, any adjustments you have to make because of that? Well, I've been sparring my whole life around that same time anyway. I'm always training early in the morning or, or, or midday or, or in that afternoon period. So really, this is uh, natural to me. For him, it might be a little bit different, but for me, this is, this is no problem. And look, I'm a warrior. If he wants to fight right now, if he wants to fight whatever time, <laughs> How are we? I mean, are you eager to prove that you were not kind of a one-hit wonder, that you didn't just, as some people suggest, like got Teofimo on a bad night? How much does that gnaw you, if at all, uh, about proving that you're more than just one fight? Yeah, that, that doesn't bother me. For me, I know who I am. I know what, I'm, what I am as a fighter, as a warrior, and uh, I just keep proving these, these people wrong. I've uh, always been an underdog my whole career. And I'll continue to prove them wrong. So if they say that, no problem. I don't really listen to it too much. I'm the champion. I've got all the belts. And uh, I'm filling out a whole stadium. In, no question. In a, in a uh, it's, it's amazing. No question. People, you know, in the U.S., you know, Tank Davis has talked about how, well, when Devin wins, I'll fight him for all the belts. I assume that you've got a different opinion on that, of course. But, like, how you watch Tank Davis fight. Like, is that a fight you'd be interested down the line? Yeah, 100%. Uh, great win to him. Respect there. But again, he fought Rolly Romero. So, uh, you know, you, you can't take too much into it, except it was a great knockout. Look, I'm so focused on, on Devin Haney. I will handle my business on, on Sunday. But there is another guy that, that will get this shot after this. And that is Vasily Lomachenko. And that's, that's a respect there because he had this shot. If he can't get out of the war, then no problem. We'll look at uh, Tank or uh, Ryan Garcia or any of these guys, or any of the high-level guys. But... My full focus on, on Devin Haney. You don't want a nice, easy fight if you win something like this? Get yourself a, a little homecoming? <laughs> this is this is the homecoming. This is the... Uh, <laughs> I, I can't do that to myself. I can't do that to the fans of boxing. I think we've had enough of that. What for? I'm, I'm a warrior. I lay it all on the line. I fight the best of the best. And uh, when it's all said and done, everyone will know that Cambosis took, never took an easy road, never took a step backwards and gave the boxing world you know, the best fights possible. And I think more people need to follow this what I'm doing at the moment. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that didn't believe you when you said, I'm going straight into a Lomachenko fight, a Devin Haney fight, a big fight right away. I think there were a lot of people that, as often happens in boxing, expected you to take some kind of victory lap fight right at home. What was it that drove you, you know, into that big fight? I just, you know, the journey that I've had, the hard years that I've had, how can I go to anything less? How can I get to the top now and start to milk it for what it is? I had to fight the best. I can't look at myself in the mirror if I did anything less. So I think fighting the top guys and beating the top guys, especially when I'm against it again, when I'm an underdog, that's what motivates me. That's what inspires me even more. And that's what brings out the best in ferocious cambosis. Fighting the best brings out the best in me. So that's, that's the way I'll continue my career and uh, it will be no easy road out. Well, it's going to be a terrific fight. George, always good to catch up with you. Hopefully uh, we see you back in the U.S. Uh, sometime soon. Yes. I'm sure. Uh, look, I love fighting the U.S. and uh, – I've spent plenty of time in America, fought many times in the U.S., so I'm sure I will come and uh, headline a big show defending all my belts in the U.S. sometime soon. But for now, Australia, super fights, stadium fights is, is our focus. Great to see you, George. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. 
when we come back, this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. All right, time now for this week's picks brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. And this week, I am locked in on the George Cambosis-Devin Haney fight, the undisputed lightweight championship taking place in Australia. And the odds for this are very close. Cambosis plus 138, Devin Haney minus 168. Now, you heard me say earlier in the pod, all things being equal, I would bet big on Devin Haney. I think he's the better boxer. Simple as that. And Devin Haney, under optimal circumstances, is better than George Cambosis. But we do know coming in, these are not optimal circumstances. The fight is in Cambosis' backyard in Australia. There will be tens of thousands of fans cheering for Cambosis. And Haney, of course, will not have his trainer in his corner for that fight. His father, Bill, not there. Ben Davison, his assistant trainer, not there. So he's going in a little bit handicapped for this fight. But I still like Devin Haney. I think Devin Haney has pound-for-pound talent. And as good as Cambosis looked against Teofimo Lopez last year, we have only seen him look that good once. So if Devin Haney stays within himself, I believe Devin Haney is going to win this fight. So take Devin Haney to win. And Devin Haney by decision. He's only plus 100 uh, to win by decision. But I think that is the safest bet. Devin is not a big puncher. And I don't believe that Cambosis, after going the distance against Lopez, is going to get stopped by Devin Haney. So my picks this week, Haney by decision, the new undisputed lightweight championship. Those are this week's pick brought to you by FanDuel. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to the Zones Akin Barak, to Stephen Fulton, to George Cambosis for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experience, outdoor adventures and florida's natural springs and so much more orlando has it all and visit orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip in orlando anything is possible if you can imagine it and that's what makes orlando unbelievably real plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.